Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Some here and some here and not sure what I'm going to do with all of them, but somehow it's got to all come together. Amen. In the house of God. How many will help me a little while? How many will help me for a long time? Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to be turning to St. Mark. Chapter number 16. It's, it's not a new verse. It's something that we have all read many times I'm feeling starting to feel a little bit of the Holy Ghost come now that's that's a good thing hallelujah Mark 16 I'm gonna be starting at verse number 14 in your hearing afterward he appeared unto the leaven as they sat at meat and upbraided them in other words, he's giving them a lecture. With their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Well, it'd be pretty hard to take. He's already told them the story how he's going to raise the third day, but yet nobody believes it. These is his own disciples. Sad thing. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He, he, he'll get even with you. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and set on the right hand of God. Now, verse 20 is key verse, so hold on to it. And they went forth, preached everywhere. The Lord, everybody said, working with them. And confirming, everybody said confirming. The word was signs following. I like that last word, amen. In other words, he sent them out and he says, so be it. It's going to happen. Glory. Father, I pray that you would move on us tonight and bring our minds together. Lord, I need you to guide me tonight, Lord. I've got all these notes and all this stuff I've got stuck up here in my head and I need to get it out. Lord, that people will be encouraged and strengthened by your word tonight. God, because this is a Wednesday night, Lord. God, 
Some have worked at workplaces this week, Lord, and they feel emptied out tonight, but I pray, God, you would move in the name of Jesus. Fill them up before they leave this place tonight. God, I pray you would anoint my lips. Let me speak with anointing and fervor, O oh God, unto your people. Move us, Lord, tonight with your message. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can be seated. I want to speak to you tonight on this subject, just however God would use us. I want to speak to you on this subject. God in the church. God in the church. How many wants God to be in the church? In fact, where else is he going to be but in the church? When they built the tabernacle, the presence of God was in it. And they carried it around all over the place. And the presence of God went with them. And many times they took it to war. And the presence of God was with them there. And uh, today, we're still feeling the same presence that they felt. It's there. It's in this church. It's, I want to say clearly and right off, you know, tonight that the church, this building is not the church. But it's us that reside on the inside that is the church. We are the church. Hallelujah. And, uh, and you, you know, I want God to be in the church, but the only way that he's going to be in this church is for the people in the church to have God in their heart. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. So tonight, I'm going to tell you, we want God in the church. And he called the church. He called us. We've got a calling on our life. Throughout the history of time, God's dealing with man. He has sought to re-counsel man back to himself. When there was uh, the Garden of Eden and man fell by sin, God looked to find a way to bring man, man back to him and back into his presence. Hallelujah. And so he wanted to restore the fellowship that he lost during the fall of man. And this is the ministry which he gave to the church, the ministry of reconciliation. He called, he equipped, and he sent us to fulfill this purpose. And when the church loses this mission, it lapses into carnality and it becomes a social motivated church. And I don't want a social motivated place. I want a spirit filled place. It ought to be that when people walks in these doors that it's not just a social feeling. There ought to be a feeling of the Holy Ghost. There ought to be something that they can see. Come on. That's manifested some way, somehow. They ought to either feel it or they ought to see it on our faces. And I'm telling they ought to see it on our faces. Come on. How many of you have ever had somebody to tell you, I just believe you're a Christian? They knew that maybe by how you acted or the smile on your face, but there was something that made them know that. So God is trying to 
bring a church that has his characteristics. Oh, hallelujah. That's a, that's a big word, characteristics of God. But this is a God church, so we ought to have his characteristics. And he is the primary purpose for us having a church. It's all about souls. Somebody said souls. Hallelujah. There is uh, a call to the Christians to do something for God. Hallelujah. I want to just kind of do something here. Amen. I want to hopefully fill in these blanks for a while. Hallelujah. I want us, amen, to take a look at, amen, our life and, and kind of roll over of what God is to us. I want, I want us to realize where we came from. I want us to realize what we weren't and what we are now. I want us to realize the journey that we have been through. It seems like in the world that we live in today, there is darkness in this world. And God has called us to be children of light. Hallelujah. God condemns the sinner. Amen. But he raises up the Christian to be something great. And there's something in our day today that I don't know, I think sometimes we get scared of the word saints, you know, and, and you know, and, and, and maybe you look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm not a saint, but when the Lord sees us, he sees saints. Somehow in our society, though, we've become afraid of that word saint. We have become guilty of what Matthew Henry calls an over-fond veneration for iniquity, uh, for the past, for the old. We somehow think that saints were marvelous, adventurous, adventurers of the cross who lived so many years ago, and we can't accept that we are sons of God, that we are saints, that we are holy ones. I'm going to tell you, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you're a holy one. Because you don't receive it without being holy. Come on. He'll make you holy. The Holy Ghost will make you holy. Amen. Hallelujah. Maybe what it is we don't swallow altogether is perhaps our reluctance, uh, which stems in part from misunderstanding of Christ's redemptive work on the cross. We were made righteousness, not by ourselves, but through Christ. We were made righteous. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, I think I wrote that up there. I believe I did. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now that's what it's all about. The righteousness of God. It's not our righteousness because the Bible said our righteousness is as filthy rags. Hallelujah. Without him, we are not holy without him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to zero in tonight 
on this last verse, the key verse of our scripture text. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Or so be it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I began to look at this and I began to think what the Lord would have us to take a look at and what he would want us to do. And I began to look at that scripture, the Lord working with them. And I began to think of all the times, and you know, we think sometimes, you know, we get our oil out and we anoint somebody and we pray for them and, and it don't seem like anything happens. And we get all discouraged and upset and thank God, why didn't you heal them? Well, let, let me remind you, the Holy Ghost filled person that speaks with tongues and every one of you that lay your hands upon somebody when you pray for them, I must somehow remind you that it's not just you that touches that person. Hallelujah. The Bible said that he worked with them. Hallelujah. So I'm going to tell you, it's not really my anointing. When I place my hand upon that person, it's the God in me. Amen. And when I lay my hands, my fleshly hand upon them, there is another hand on that person that's working with me and through me. Amen. And the healing don't come from me anyhow, but it comes from God. So don't get discouraged because everybody wasn't healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's his hand too. I want you, I want to take you to the scripture just to make that a little more uh, so you can understand it better in Mark, in Matthew 13 and 58. The Bible said that Jesus went to his own country and he prayed for many. But the Bible said, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Sometimes it's not you, but it's a person. Sometimes it's, a, it's unbelief. And then I want to I wanna take us to a place that I feel like we need to go. If we're going to have God in the church, then we must follow some leadership. And, and I want to go there because I believe it's important that we go there. Part of their problem was, Brother Mason, is they were familiar with him. Come on. They were... They were familiar with him. Hallelujah. They said, well, is this not the carpenter's son? Come on, is this not Joseph and Simon and his brothers here with us? And is this not his mother? And, you know, and where did he get all this? So what, what's he talking about? Where did he get all these great powers and stuff? They didn't recognize who he was because they had grew up with him. Come on. I don't know, maybe uncles, aunts. I don't know who all was there. But I know that they were familiar with him. And because of the familiarity with Jesus, they did not believe that he had that kind of power. Oh, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they were offended of him because he had something that they did not have. They didn't understand how he got it. They didn't understand that he was born with it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they never thought about Joseph not being really his father. 
no earthly father like they did. He had a heavenly father. They never, they thought about him as a ordinary. I believe pastor brought that up the other day. They looked at him as an ordinary person instead of extraordinary, instead of somebody that had power. Come on, this is just my brother. You know, this is, they didn't recognize him for who he was. So what I'm doing, I want to come to warn us tonight that it would be very easily for us to have that problem in this church. This is just little Paul. And this is his father and his mother, you know. And, and we've got his sisters here, you know. And are we not all cousins, you know? Come on. Am I not his uncle? Am I not his aunt? Come on. And which... What makes him have all this great power? Hallelujah. But we know the answer. It's the calling that makes the difference. Come on. What makes you special is God calling his name on you. What makes you special is the power of God that he placed on the inside of you. You take the Holy Ghost out of you and you're no different than any other man. We're just like Samson. Samson, if he cut his hair off, he was like any other man. Come on, take the Holy Ghost away from us and we're like any other man. So let us not get caught up in who somebody is and what they're not. Hallelujah. God gives gifts in the church, not just to the pastor. But he gives the overseer an extra look. He sees through eyes that you don't see through. Thank God he does. We'd all be led astray if he didn't. But he sees beyond where we see because God shows him that. The calling makes the difference. Somebody say the calling makes the difference. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Confirming the word, the signs following proves his calling and the word. Hallelujah. They didn't recognize Jesus and they didn't give him any credit. Didn't recognize who he was, so they thought he was just any other person. So because of their unbelief, he didn't do many miracles. What a sad thing. Jesus was there and not many miracles was done. Hallelujah. Let me read this little piece there. It's called divine leadership. We're living in a generation that does not like boundaries. I'm, I'm going to say this. It's, I'm going to tell you this goes beyond church. Brother Mason, I guarantee you deals with this at work. Laws and restrictions are constantly questioned and challenged. Just take a look on your TV right now. The abortion thing, it's, it's a big thing. They're, they're having protests every place. They don't want to, they, they, they've had this so long now, they don't want to give it up. Amen. But there are people that are fighting for it. Thank God they are. We ought to be fighting for it. Hallelujah. They're taking a life. People in leadership positions are finding their powers limited 
And this thing seems to creep into the church. Spiritual authority is challenged or ignored as never before. Come on. The do-your-own-thing mentality of the 60s and the situation ethics of the 70s have joined to produce an offspring named secular humanism. Is that not true? Although with us for many years, secular humanism has had a metaphoric rise in the last few years. To the secular humanist, man is answered only to himself. He thinks he's a God. He's got all the answers. But I want you to know that we're not in control. There is one that's got his hand on the knob of nature, and he's controlling it. And we must recognize that in the church even though things may not be going like we think they ought to, I want you to know that there is a God that's got his hand on the knob of nature. <laughs> Woo! Amen. Hallelujah. Bunch of people's unhappy with our president now, but they won't give him a chance to be president. We're too busy picking when we ought to be praying. Glory. And I'm not saying he hadn't got his faults because I don't agree with him on everything either. But I'm going to tell you, I believe he could answer some questions in this world if they'd let him be president. And if we're not careful, that spirit does work its way into the church, that humanistic spirit that says, you know, I think I'd do that different. Well, you're not the pastor. And God lets him see farther than he lets us see. I may be the bishop too, but he's my pastor. I turned that job over to him. Thank God. When it gets tough, turn it over to the younger generation. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There is no higher authority in this world today, people think, than their opinion. The final garment that God vests his priest in the covering of divine leadership, God has always worked through leaders. Men like Abraham, Moses, and Samuel, and David, Women like Deborah and Esther have played prominent roles in God's economy. He chose priests and prophets and kings in the Old Testament and New Testament. He has expanded the plain. Hallelujah. Thank God today for leadership that will stand for truth. Hallelujah. I'm glad for truth, aren't you? Thank you, Jesus. I'm not moving very fast here, am I? I don't think so, I am, but it, time's getting away. But the building is not the church, but the people in the building make the church. 1 John 1, verse 5 through 7 says, This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light. Everybody said light. 
and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Everybody said fellowship, not battleship. Come on. God didn't call the church to be in battle, not inside it. We're to battle the things on the outside, but on the inside we're to be in unity. It's fellowship. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from sin. Everybody said he cleanses us. Come on, there's cleansing that goes on inside the church. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you, it's not just in a sinner prayer. There's more to it than that. thousand people come and give their heart to God, did they? I don't know. It's more than just saying a prayer. If you give your heart to God, you must have the Holy Ghost too. Because he wants on the inside, he's, he don't want to stay on the outside. He wants to be a part of you. We are to now become the temple of the living God. We're, we're living souls. We're we're not dead anymore. We're dead to sin, but we're alive unto God. We're, we're listening for his voice. We're, we're praying. We're seeking after him. That's what goes on inside the church. It's called God in the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is something in the character and the makeup of God that abhors darkness. The first creative act of God was to dispel darkness. When he came in Genesis, you notice that he expelled darkness. Genesis 1, verse 2 through 5, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God, come on, hallelujah, the Spirit of God. Everybody say, I got the Holy Ghost. You got the Spirit of God then. Come on. And the Spirit of God moved. Come on. There's something about the Spirit that moves people. I'm a little worried right now. I mean, not, not big times, but I'm a little worried of the place that we're in and I see the church in that if we are not careful, we're not letting God move in our midst. And, and Sister Roberta sings a song, Move Me With Your Message Once Again. And I think, I pray that all the time. I really do. I say, Lord, move me with your message. I don't want to just hear a message. I want to be moved with your message. I want to be moved by the word that it moves me to be a better person than I am. It moves me to do something more than I'm doing. It moves me to be a witness that's better than I am right now. It moves me that I want to I wanna win my neighbor somehow. And the earth was without form and void. God, God said, I'm going to take care of this. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now I want you to catch this. I don't know if I ever really caught it like this before. 
And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. He don't never say that the darkness is good. He says that the light was good. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip the other side of that and tell you that in Scripture you find God in the darkness almost as much as you do in the light. He said there's treasures in darkness. It's where he keeps his treasures. Glory. I don't know, but I think sometimes he keeps us in darkness for a purpose. Now, here is the church. Man, I'm not. I promised myself something tonight. I ain't going to tell you what I promised. Here's the church, 1 Peter 2 and 9. But ye are a chosen. Everybody said chosen. Generation. Come on, this is the church. God in the church. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises. That's part of us having a problem with, showing forth the praises to my neighbor. Of him who hath called you out of darkness unto this marvelous light. Now, I want to, I want to, Dissect that a little bit. I want us to, I want us to see what God is doing and what He's talking about here. You find five things here. Five things sets the church apart from the world. It's chosen. It's royal. It's holy. It's peculiar. And it shows forth praise. Five things. Everybody said five things. Biblical numerologists say that the number five stands for favor with God. Five letters and favor. Five things that sets a church apart that shows favor with God. Those five things show favor. We're chosen, we're royal, we're holy, we're peculiar, and we show forth praise. Yeah, I'm going to tell you something now. I began to study and began to pray and sitting in my office, and I thought this is something that we don't need to take lightly. We need to understand our position in God and in the church. The church is a good place to be because you are chosen. Somebody say chosen. You're a royal priesthood. Everybody said royal. You're holy. Everybody said holy. Everybody said peculiar. I was looking to see if anybody didn't say it. Probably some of you wouldn't want to say that. And we show forth praise. We're praisers. I think sometimes we don't show that enough. Come on. We, in fact, Brother Mason, I think we fell a little piece from that because I believe it. I don't like go down and, t- and pick up the past and go through it and stir everything up. But, but I, I believe that I could show you on the old VHS tape and I could plug that in and I could show you in the, in the second church 
and the first church too, as far as that goes. I've got some of that. But I, I could show you some instances that as soon as the music started, the praise started. You know why? Because praise started before church in the prayer room. It wasn't a five-minute jobber. It wasn't a ten-minute jobber. But there was people there an hour before time that prayed. Come on. I'm talking about God in the church. When God is in the church, it makes you do things that you wouldn't normally do. Hallelujah. And I think that we've become familiar. Now, I'm going I'm to get down to business here. I think the problem is sometimes we've become familiar, Brother Mason, with the presence of God. We've become so familiar feeling that presence, Brother Terry, that we come through the doors and we feel it, and it's just like we don't feel it. And it's a sad thing that somebody from the outside has to come in and let us know that the Spirit of God is in our midst. Brother Mike Penrod, I remember starting at the, at the power plant and I invited Jim Whitlow to South Gibson when we were still going there. And I remember Jim coming to the service. And he told me after church, he said, man, I feel God in this place. He said, it's almost like you feel the floor shaking. You know why? Because he wasn't used to feeling that. But we've become so used to it that we set on it. Instead of praising him for it, we set on it. Come on, church. We got to get loose from this thing. We got to quit. Come, oh, Lord, help me. I didn't aim to go here, but I'm going to tell you. It's time for us to quit binding the spirit of the living God and let it loose in the service. Come on. Come on, we need to move in the gifts again. Let the gifts move us. Come on, the Spirit of God, move us. There's usually something that brings people to the house of God because they are tired of the same old, same old. There's a difference in going to church and going through the motions than going to church and praising God. I'm going to tell you, I come in the church door and I want what God wants, whatever that is. Whatever that is tonight, come on. If he wants a healing service, that's what I want. Come on. If he wants messages and tongues and interpretation, that's what I want. Brother Mason, I began to look through some notes and, and some papers and the other night that I had in my files and, and pulled out when Brother Chesser was here in 2009. And God's speaking through him, and I've got pages. I typed, I took and wrote all that down and typed it out because I wanted to remember and remind myself. Moses wrote it down and rehearsed it in the ears of people so they know I think sometime we need to rehearse what God said to us. Come on. There's revival promises, church. Hallelujah. Come on, church. I said there's revival promises, church. A move of God that was going to put this place on the map. Come on. Hallelujah. Then I wonder, God, are we coming through the doors and are we sitting on the pew and really going through the motions? Are we letting you have your way? Come on, we need to... 
Come on, when the songs start, we ought to start. Hey, they didn't have seats to sit in. Remember, they stood up. I got to hurry. I'm, I'm, I know I'm about out of time. Peculiar. I began to deal with that word. I'm going to try to stop here just a little bit. I'll try not to go an hour. Peculiar. Superlative propriety. That's what peculiar says. It's, that's definition. And interest above. Now, I, I broke that down and looked up superlative. And it says the utmost degree of something. High she can get. It said, admiring or expression of praise. Then I began to, I just, I, I just thought, well, I'm just going to go ahead and do the other. Propriety. It says the quality of a person or the state of being proper. And I, I could almost hear it here already, you know, ringing back my ears. Well, that's not me. Well, I'm going to tell you. In the church of the living God, it's proper. He expects us to do things proper and in order. Come on. But he don't want us to hold back anything. Come on. Shouldn't hold back our praise. It should not be that we stand up here and minister time after time, Brother Mason, and we have to work ourselves to death did you know that there is times that we can get up here and preach and run the aisles and it don't wear us out at all you know why because you're all praising God and worshiping I remember the times of people running the aisles when I was preaching and I can remember it even here it's happened here but what I'm saying this is the church of the living God this is the house of worship whenever the worship starts we ought to start worshiping They don't call this worship service for nothing. When Brother Mason starts that piano and starts singing and the drums start, that's a call to worship. Woo! You hear me? I said, that's a call to worship. You know why David got all the musicians together? Because he wanted to praise the Lord. Come on, when we get together, all this is, this is a preliminary or a prelude to the message. What it does, it prepares you for the man of God to get up and preach. You're, you're already pumped up. And if you're not, it's not his fault. Maybe I ought to prepare a little longer in the prayer room. Glory. Hallelujah. So I want to be a quality person. I want to be proper, but I want to obey the Holy Ghost. This is the chosen church, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, showing forth praises. Everybody said praises. Hallelujah. Revelations 3 and 12, and I'm trying to hurry. Revelations 3, 12. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar 
in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I'll write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down from out of heaven from God. And I will write upon him my new name. What makes us better and what makes us special is his name on us. I'm going to tell you, God even makes darkness look good sometimes. Consider a person who walks in the light of full moon. Even though the sun is set, the moonlight illuminates the path so he can see. You ever notice a bright moon is great? You can go out and walk and don't stumble over things. But the moon has no light in itself. When the Apollo 11 team returned from the moon in July of 1969, they brought back a sample of the lunar soil and rocks. And scientists found that the surface soil and the rock contains 50% glass. God has placed a giant mirror in the night sky that reflects the sun's light. So is the Christian. Hallelujah. We have no light in ourselves, but we reflect the light of Christ. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to close just one thing. I want to turn to Isaiah 1 and verse number 18. Isaiah 1 and verse number 18. We'll do a little something here and then I'm closing. 118. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. When Jesus sees us, he don't see our flaws. All he sees is white. Turn off the light for me.
I really ain't through. It's like Brother McGee said, you never get through. You just quit. Thank you, Jesus. I hope after tonight that we're going to see more God in the church. I don't know about you, but I need that. Hallelujah. So Sunday's coming. Brother Mason's going to be preaching. So let's, let's, let's start worshiping when worship starts. Oh, glory. On them tapes, you'd see about the first, second song, there's people going around the church with some of you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray you would move tonight. Quicken our hearts and our minds tonight to this, Lord. Let us realize, Lord, where we have failed and where we need to come back to and what we need to do to change things, to change maybe the atmosphere in our church. Lord, to change our neighbors and to change this city, God. Things have got to take place here, Lord. I want to be more like you, Lord. Help us tonight, we pray, God. Go with us this week and bring us back Sunday, Lord. God, with a change in our heart, Lord, that we'd show forth the praises of who, of him that's brought us out of darkness under this marvelous light. Be with your people this week and bring them back, Lord, at the appointed time on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.